Hello, everybody. I am Joshua. And I'm Jamie. And, and we're, we're going to do, do Daredevil. Daredevil. March Madness yes. in April. This is going uh, yeah. out in April, but March Madness ends in April. It apparently. does. Yeah, it always goes to April. They should call it March slash April Madness. Yeah. No, that doesn't have the same. Maybe some kind of uh, mam. They could say mam. Yeah. Mamad. Uh, so real quick for everybody that's listening at home, if you don't know what we're talking about, Jamie and I are doing a fun little bracket of, and we're doing this because we just entered the eighties. Mm-hmm. So we've gone over two decades full, even though the sixties, he started in 64, but mm-hmm. we're going over two. We've already on our podcast talked about two full decades of daredevil's history. Yeah. And to re- do a nice little sum up wrap up, we created this bracket that is going to put 16 of daredevil's villains in head-to-head single elimination combat, and we're going to pick who would basically win the fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to, and it's based not on uh, who is our favorite character, but who would uh, win in in their power set. And it's not just like a, a full-on this person's stronger, therefore they go through. It's we're taking into account yeah. their skill set, their mm-hmm. abilities, and their um, what what they've shown and how they fight. And somebody asked on Twitter if it's just supposed to be based off of their appearances in the 60s and 70s. And mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do, too, for, yeah. if you're playing along at home. Like, obviously, Bullseye, for example, who's in one of the, he's one of the 16. Um, don't tr- try not to think about uh, his later appearances and yeah, stuff. Just think, think about those. what he did in the 60s and 70s and, and yeah. base your, your decision off of that. So um, if you don't have a bracket, mm-hmm. uh, quickly... After I do this explanation, press pause, yeah, and then and then that and way then you can print it out. You so can print it out. We have it on the. It's actually on the Twitter account, and uh, you can print it from the web uh, site, which is J and J do DD. It's on Facebook as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and press pause real quick and pause. Print. But remember to press play again. Again, after, you've after done it. don't just us. leave us pause because <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> Um, we're going to start by talking yeah. about the bracket. And uh, as Joshua mentioned, we start uh, with a full 16. Um, yeah. A full complement of 16. And our first uh, face-off, is that what you say? I'm I, I call, We call it the villain beatdown. Beatdown, our first beatdown. The first beatdown. <laughs> is uh, the owl versus the masked marauder. Yeah. Farnham versus... Uh, I, I can't remember his real name. Does he say his name? He never does for a long time, does he, in the 60s and 70s? I, I don't think so, no. I think he's just the owl forever. Yeah. Uh, Both of these characters were created by Stan Lee, so we're, we're going back to the early, yeah. or I guess mid-60s uh, for yeah. Mass Matador. Uh, the owl was uh, Wallywood. Was he Wallywood? Y- yes, was he? Uh, Wallywood because it was issue three. Mm-hmm. And um, Mass Marauder was uh, in Nolan, the, I think. No, he was around no, from no, the before start that. Well. Yeah. yeah, he, so he might be teens. Ramita. Yeah. Hmm. Either Ramita or... Well, it wasn't Wally Wood because he didn't pop up in the first seven. No. Yeah. Um, so Ramita or um, the other guy. Yeah, one of those Colin. two. Ramita or Colin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he... <laughs> it basically goes uh, a whole bunch of people, then Wood yeah. and then Ramita. Colin. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so... I'll go first on this one. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes. So both of these characters are 
crime bosses. They are. And they both, I see the, the owl is somebody who hires a lot of help with the goal of becoming the, the, the crime boss, the kingpin of crime. Mm-hmm. And the mass marauder is more about wanting to get into a position of power, mm-hmm. um, not with not really within his own group. He doesn't want to be in control of all the stuff. He, he, no, well, he wants to he, lead the, the magia. The magia, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, I chose the owl as winning this first match because the owl, I believe, is more durable. Mm-hmm. Uh, throughout, throughout the 60s and 70s, he started to kind of figure out what his powers were too, and he had a couple of surgeries, and he survived some crazy falls mm-hmm. and, and a few things. And I feel like he surrounds himself with better help. If you remember, that's the key. Right? Yeah, yeah. If you remember, uh, there were a few times when the owl was down, and his minions go and save him, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we need to get paid, so yeah. we got to save this guy." Yeah. I feel like the mass marauders' help is not, even though he did at one point employ the gladiator. I don't know if he employed him. I think he teamed up with him. He I think up he made it very him. clear that he, they, they were working together. That was the gladiator who made it clear, not the mass yes, marauder. The gladiator pretty much <laughs> said, uh, "I'll hang yeah. out for a while, and see where this is going." But. Um, I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. um, and mainly because of what you're saying. I think the Mass Marauder was cheap. Um, mm-hmm. If you remember, he was kind of gooning his way through town. And uh, he. I think there's even some mention of how much he's been paying people, and it's not that great. And even the Magia kind of mock him at the end. And they're like, <laughs> you're not leading us. You're not worthy. Yeah. If you're going to be a crime boss, yeah. the people that work closest to you, right mm-hmm. beneath you, you need to make sure you employ the people, the muscle, the brains, everything. So yeah. That way. And the owl is is happy to spend money. He is a yeah. He's a he's, he's a got and he's got player. a million layers too. A million layers, Aries. Yeah. Million Aries. Yeah. And um, he has uh, fought and survived and or uh, made it ra- through various battles with various disabilities. And yeah. uh, the Marauder's main thing is that he can blind people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the owl would have some gimmick in hand. Yeah. On hand to uh, to get through that. He would probably have some like uh, a series of sonic owls around that would tell him and, where things and if were. He, and if he didn't and he did go blind, I think his minions, because they care so much yeah. about their paycheck, would yeah. still go after Mass yeah, they, Marauder. They, they took on Spider-Man and, and, uh, and Daredevil without yeah. even blinking. They were like, right. we've got to get this guy. Stop mm-hmm. him. So yeah, whereas I think um, the Mass Marauder they they ran. I think in fact didn't Daredevil kill almost all of the Mass Marauders men? Yeah, that was back when he was pushing people (laughs) off of buildings Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So, all right, so uh, we got our first winner. The The owl owl. advances to round two. Jamie Mm -hmm. and I agree. Oh, and by the way, me and Jamie have not seen each other's brackets, so we have no idea who uh, the other one's going to choose. Yeah. Next round we have Mister Fear versus the Jester. Um. I went for the Jester on this one. Um, I know Mr. Fear is an incredibly designed character, and I oh, know that he... Gene, that one splash page yeah. that Gene Colan did is uh, from a low angle looking up. He's so mm-hmm. menacing. Yeah. Love it. And he's smart, and he's he's been a lot... Of, he's been a bunch of people. In fact, mm-hmm. I think even the Jester probably has been Mr. Fear at some stage, <laughs> if, you, if you look hard enough. Um, yeah. the, the reason I went for that is because I genuinely think the Jester doesn't have fear. I oh, think okay. if you had zapped him with your fear gas, he probably would have just like laughed it off and kept going and yeah. acted scared for a little bit and then been like, are you kidding me? I'm not scared. Right. Because he's, he did that a few times. I think he even did like the, the fake hand gimmick with Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, oh, you've got me. Uh-huh, and then gassed him and threw him into a yeah. death chamber. Um, it would probably go on for a long while. Yeah. Um, um, but Mr. Fear is... Uh, he has a couple of problems like at one stage isn't he scared of heights himself or something right. or some weird and also it, there's 
in the sixties and seventies alone, I think there was three, wasn't there? There's three uh, Mr. Fears. So. There might have been. There's either three or four. Yeah, there was quite a few. Yeah. And and a that cu- shows that he doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not. A, he, I mean, the <laughs> idea but, survives, but but he he's doesn't. never fought. Yeah, he's never fought uh, the Jester. He's only no. fought Daredevil and, yeah. and been killed like three times. But and a couple of them weren't really that. Yeah. Good at anything mm-hmm. other than they had the fear gas. The first one wasn't really a good fighter. He wasn't really a good thinker. He just had a fear gas by accident. He mm-hmm. accidentally created it. Um, the second one was uh, probably the toughest one, um, which was uh, who who he became. Um, it was your guy that uh, Saxon, whatever his name was. Yeah, like, uh, I can't think of his name now, but the, the kind of super suave killer guy became mm-hmm. him for a while. Um, and then the third one was just like a office, a lawyer, right? <laughs> a lawyer that <laughs> who found the suit in the, yeah. in the fear pellets. So, and, oh, I'll yeah. give this a go, and it fell yeah. off a roof. So uh, I went with the jester. Yeah, I I agree. I also chose the jester for a lot of the same things that Jamie said. But I think the main thing which made me uh, want to choose him was when it comes to gadgets, the jester's got him beat. Mm-hmm. Jester's really good at using things that are around him. Yeah, he, like you know. I think of him like Jackie Chan. How if Jackie Chan is fighting somebody in the supermarket, he's going to mm-hmm. win every time. But maybe yeah, he can't beat step ladder. Yeah, maybe he can't beat Bruce Lee or Jet Li in, in close combat. You know, if it's just them. But if you're incorporating cans of beans mm-hmm. and stuff, then I, w- I would go with Jackie Chan. Kind of the same way with the Jester here. He's just he's so creative, and I think the fact that he he cares more about the art yeah. of the crime yeah. versus actually what you get from committing it, yeah. I think is a huge advantage because his mind is focused, is not focused on the end goal. It's focused mm-hmm. on the fun of the adventure of doing the crime. Yeah. And and I like that. And I think that would really help him beat Mr. Fear. And and Mr. Fear, outside of the pellets and the rocket pack that he had at one point that, mm-hmm. that allowed him to fly, uh he's he's I don't know, he I I just don't think he has enough resources no. to to beat the jester. Yeah. Uh, who do you think would have started both of those? Who do, who do you think would have been the aggressor? Oh, the initiator? Yeah. Um, Mr. Fear. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the jester would have wanted to waste his time with no, it. It's nothing for him. But, but then once, you know, Mr. Fear was like, hey, let's fight, jester would be like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then for the first one, I would say, oh, that's tough. I'd say Mass Marauder because the owl is probably more established. Mass Marauder's looking I agree for the unless the owl's looking to achieve something and the Mass Marauder is standing in his way. Yeah. Then the owl would have been the, the initiator at that point. Yeah. Instigator. Yeah. Initiator, instigator. I think they both work. Perfect. Love yes. It. Um, all right, on to our next one. Yeah, this is a big one. Yeah. So me and Jamie, uh, we're on the same page so far. We're both uh, in agreement, so that's mm-hmm. good. Now we have two of the biggest powerhouses. Probably... Well, probably the two the strongest. two strongest, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, who do not rely on weapons but just rely on um, their fists and their strength. Mm-hmm. We have Hyde mm-hmm. versus Manbull, mm-hmm. and uh, this was a tough one. I I thought this was one of the toughest. Yeah, this is tough, and it, you know, remember me and Jamie are not picking uh, characters that we like more. Mm-hmm. We're picking who we think would win in a fight. And yeah. when you, when when you look at Manbull, he's uh He's got his two horns at the top, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a like a bull, and uh, Mister Hyde has nothing but his fists. So in terms of range, and his style, his, his uh, well, dress and, is very and, well, and his style. Um, I'm just going to say it. I went with Hyde, mm. and I went with Hyde. Misleading. <laughs> I yes, I went with Hyde because these guys are going to pound each other and pound each yeah. other and pound each other. But Hyde, um, but Manbull has passed out several times mm-hmm. while fighting Daredevil. Yeah. 
for something as simple as ramming into a into a brick wall, exactly. he passes out. Hyde, on the other hand, has fallen off of like a forty-story yeah. building. He threw himself off a building yeah, because yeah, he with, said, with, "Well, with I'll <laughs> And he literally did. He was dazed for like a minute, yeah, and then he was still able to get some punches in before he passed out again. Mm-hmm. I don't so, think he did pass out. I think he took Daredevil down into a sewer. When he uh, fell off the building. No, no, that was when he rewoke up. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, like he gets up and he's starting to fight again, and then he passes out, oh. and that's when Cobra comes in, and, and yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go with Hyde uh-huh. because I feel like he's more durable. Yeah, I say they're pretty much equal in strength, but I think even though he doesn't got the the, the big horns as to use as a weapon for charging, I still feel like Hyde in close melee combat. Yeah, uh, would have the advantage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. Um, I mean, we saw Manball pick up the golden calf, and that implied that he's got strength to lift things and to, and to, yeah. to bring things up. But I think you're right. I think Hyde is far more durable. I think uh, almost every. I mean, Manball has been defeated by brick walls and water on almost every occasion. <laughs> yeah, um, he got a, an anchor tied to his. Uh, yeah. his his ankles and thrown mm-hmm. in. Whereas, uh, uh, is he the, dead right now? I don't know. I really don't. I, I know. can't remember. I think he's his been, last appearance. I can't remember if he died or he seemed to die again and again and again. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think he. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. It was the prison one. It was the one where he was like, "I just want to be left alone." Yeah, wasn't it? that was. And, and, and not to interrupt you, Jamie, but one thing I just thought of was the fact that I feel like when they first introduced Manbull, he was stupid. Mm-hmm. Hyde is obviously kind of stupid. Um, but Manbull seemed to, as he went along in the seventies, started to get smarter. Like yeah. when he was thinking about his escape and how. Yeah, he was more yeah. frustrated than than uh, dumbed down. Yeah, so that um, gives him an advantage. But still, I would go with Hyde. Sorry to yeah. interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're, you're okay. I think I think you're right. I think Hyde has durability and um, recovery. So mm-hmm. his, his recovery seems quicker. Um, and I think the only thing that stopped him from being more. A, a, a more effective villain is that the Cobra keeps hanging around yeah, yeah, and I messing know. it up for him. <laughs> which is which is ironic because that's pretty yeah. much what the Cobra hangs around and says that we can only do things together. Next round is the Ox, Ox versus the Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. I I I thought, oh, this is gonna be tough, but I kind of thought, oh no, it's not that tough really. The I mean the Ox is a great character and he has a great story. Uh-huh. But he fell down some stairs and that was his, his <laughs> defeat. And the gladiator, I mean, the, the ox would probably ch- just charge at him and get cut to ribbons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wouldn't last very long because the gladiator is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pretty skilled in hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. but everything on him cuts you at some right. degree. And um, the only thing that, that, I mean, Daredevil has been cut by him and he's super agile. The ox is pretty low on the agile scale. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, I just think he would have been, I, I think he would have charged in without thinking and be cut to ribbons instantly. Okay. Um, <laughs> th- that's good. Everyone, everyone that's listened to the previous uh, podcast know how much I like the ox. Yeah. Um, and I feel bad saying it because no, no, I know how much you like him, but you know. yeah. And, and, it, and, and you make very good points, Jamie. <laughs> um, if this was the first appearance of the ox, uh-huh. definitely gladiator would tear him to, to smithereens. Mm-hmm. But, if this was the later version of the ox where he actually had the brains mm-hmm. and was smart, then maybe he may not just charge yeah, it. Yeah, he maybe might just he, keep a big stick. And yeah, maybe hit. he would think, okay, this like I got to beat him at, you know, I can't get close to him, obviously. Yeah. Maybe I could throw a rock on him or, oh. you know, go to his house when he's sleeping and yeah. suffocate him. They're both, they're but, both <laughs> people who have fought for people as well. In yeah. fact, in ironically, well, not ironically, but 
if it was the early ox versus the later gladiator, mm-hmm. the gladiator would win. Mm-hmm. If it was the later gladiator versus, versus the, the, the early, the early gladiator, no, both of, the gladiator gets worse as he gets. The later on he gets. The early gladiator yeah. is actually better yeah. than the later gladiator in yeah. terms of his thinking and right. his, and his uh, uh, um, tactics. Yeah. The later gladiator loses, seems to lose all of that and uh-huh. just becomes like a secondary character, a second right. stringer. Yeah. Um, whereas the ox goes the other way. The early ox is someone that's working for Mr. Fear and eventually he becomes smarter and yeah. stronger. So, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> uh, early, early round gladiator wins, later yeah. round... Ox ox wins. Wins. Yeah. But I also chose the gladiator too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as much as I like the ox, I also really like the gladiator. I probably like him more yeah. because he's just been in so many issues. And I think uh, if if we're counting, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think the we're still at the point where the gladiator has made the most appearances yeah. mm-hmm. of any villain yeah. uh, in the first two, uh, first two decades of, of Daredevil. Yeah. So that obviously proves that he's going to withstand. But... Um, Although I love when the gladiator got beat up by the man thing. Yeah. And yeah. they don't even explain it. And the man thing just drops the body. Anyway, okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I also choose the gladiator as well. So, so far, Jamie, we are completely, completely in, in agreement here. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is crazy. We're moving to the other side of the bracket now. We that are. was the, the four uh, face-offs on yeah. the, the left side of mm-hmm. the bracket. L- uh, let's start at the bottom and go up. Okay. Why not? Let's just do, let's just do that. Yeah. Uh, so first up is Death Stalker and Purple Man. This was my hardest one. Mm. For all the first round, mm-hmm. this was the hardest one, yeah. and that's and that's why I think them going against each other is perfect, mm-hmm. because you've got somebody like Purple Man who, if he has any any um, time advantage, mm-hmm. he's he's probably going to beat people. Yeah, because all all if, if if he all he has to do is is be in a group, and then he's got as many people as he wants to de- to defend him. Yeah, you know. And imagine the carnage. <laughs> I know, and that, and that makes it tough to beat Purple Man. But I feel like Deathstalker has an advantage mm-hmm. because obviously he can phase in and out of this this reality, this plane. He's like slightly off, so yeah. he, he can you know, you know, uh, um, go into limbo. What do you call it? Like it's he kind of he kind of exists one second out of time, it, and, and yeah. becomes intangible. So. And because of that, I feel like he would easily be able to get away from a swarm of people. Yeah. Or just kill everyone. <laughs> or just kill everyone. But I think he can maneuver around the swarm of people yeah. and then phase into um, back into reality and do the death touch, obviously, yeah. on, on Purple Man. And I don't think Purple Man would be able to control his mind. Yeah, that was the key for me. I, I don't think so because he exists sort of in a different plane. Yeah. And that's why I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with with Death Docker. But it's uh-huh. tough because Purple Man is so resourceful, so re- resourceful because of all of the the people that that he I mean, he can surround himself. He can make he can get all the other villains to team up and try to fight Death Docker for him. Yeah. And that's why, you know, if it was a surprise attack. I obviously would go with Deathstalker mm-hmm. 100%. If it was a planned out scheme or you had a day to figure out how you were going to fight each other, mm-hmm. then I would probably think Purple Man would have the advantage because he, as long as he knew what Deathstalker's powers were, yeah. he'd be able to put himself in a situation where he could avoid the death touch. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with Deathstalker. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that um, I think Deathstalker has proven himself to be more adaptable and um, uh, harder to get at 
Mm-hmm. Um, even though Purple Man went missing for for several issues and was still a threat. Yeah. Um, you know, if you notice that between uh, Daredevil over a course of a ton of issues was looking for Purple Man and yeah. also over a course of issues looking for Deathstalker. Yeah. These two are kind of, uh, you know... The sneakers. Th- they're the sneakers, <laughs> yeah. Um, I the, the one thing that, that that did it for me that made me think Deathstalker would win is that there, he withstood um, a Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider's powers. So there's no indication that... And I think he even, like Man-Thing, there was no indication that Man-Thing could do anything to him. So I think there's an element of but him But he controlled, being... ma- he controlled man, Man-Thing. Why Why was that? I can't remember. Well, he was just watching. I don't think he controlled him. I think he just watched him for a little bit because he was kind of curious where it was going to go. And then he was like, okay, I've, I've seen enough. I'm out. Right. But the death touch did work on Man-Thing. It made him pass out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Man-Thing couldn't touch him. Right. So I think there's a... I don't know whose powers would work against Deathstalker. There's no indication of who... Yeah. Except for the the laser Skywalker guy that went yeah, walking that, into space. Weird. <laughs> so I think I think the uh, reason why then Purple Man loses is because yeah. he has no... he Other than his ability to make people yeah. work for him, he's got no hand-to-hand combat. He doesn't have any weapons. So it's literally his mind yeah. against against uh Deathstalker and, and I think Deathstalker. Yeah, and I mean Deathstalker can kind of appear where he wants. So yeah. if if it came down to it, how quickly could Deathstalker say uh, how how quickly could uh, Purple Man say to Deathstalker, don't touch me? And right. would it be quick enough for Deathstalker to touch him? You know, you're probably <laughs> right. He can probably control Deathstalker if he gets it at that moment when Deathstalker is in his yeah. plane of reality. Yeah. And if that's the case, then Purple Man would be able to control him and would probably just say touch yourself yeah <laughs> and we don't know what would happen there because Deathstalker's died several times and come back so yeah it's uh yeah well jamie so far we're five for five five for five agreeing we're going on to uh this one that was probably tough for you as well we have the bullseye, the bullseye. versus the copperhead <laughs> um two absolute uh wonderful looking characters yeah <laughs> Who, who use uh, their skills as marksmen in many ways. And um, uh, one has a slight advantage in that he is encased in copper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. As much as that is an advantage in this world. Um, it, it, well, it could be because Bullseye be. doesn't have super strength. No. I went with Bullseye, and the reason I went with Bullseye is because he, he is a master tactician. Mm-hmm. He would probably be aware that what was happening, uh, especially back then, he was yeah. all, it was a complete, like, perfect show. He would probably just be waiting for him in, like, a, a place full of uh, Tesla coils and just stand there and go, come on in. Right. Come on. Let's see what you got. And it's funny, too, <laughs> because if this was the 80s, that's when he gets the tumor in his head yeah. and everything, and he starts to question. Or, or Yeah. So you're right. He was all about, about you know. Yeah. His tactician. I mean, he, he came in and out and like took out Daredevil several times and just vanished yeah. because he was like, right. something to do. See yeah. ya. Now, Copperhead Copperhead has obviously his, the copper, what are the... The, the pellet. The, 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 the copper pellet. The the little gun thing that fires out darts. That, the, that he can control the yeah. amount of uh, damage that the dark does. It, yeah. it, it either can kill you or it can you know just stun make you, you or make you sleepy. <laughs> um, but he's also smart. Yeah. And uh, he is encased in copper, which makes him very durable. Mm-hmm. And he looks super awesome. Yeah. Um, but I also went with Bullseye. And the main reason, um, other than what you said, was Bullseye can take something sharp, and I'm positive he can make it go through 
copper because yeah. if, if you remember correctly, <laughs> through a paper airplane through glass. He threw a paper airplane through through glass. So yeah. I I think he would be able to because obviously. In order to be mobile, even if you're wearing a copper suit, the, at the joints and stuff, it has to bend. So he would be able to find, you know, those Absolutely. little tiny crevices, those little tiny openings where he can yeah. throw the something in perfectly. there. Yeah. So I also go with bullseye. Yeah, and also he, he did my one of my favorite attacks ever, which was the uh, the billiard ball. From, <laughs> <laughs> he's like a billiard ball and something yeah. else that he threw. Um, uh, Matt, when he was in the store, <laughs> he was yeah. just like it was a golf ball. It was a golf ball. That's yeah. it. Yeah, playing with the golf ball, he just took him <laughs> yeah. out from. So I think <laughs> Copperhead would be like, okay, it's on. I'm going to get you. And then suddenly like a, a, a right. pencil would go through his head. <laughs> All right. So next up, uh, we've got the Matador. The bi- this is the big this one, This is the guys. big one. The Matador and Cobra. Now, for, <laughs> for anyone who's listened uh, to any of our episodes, you've probably heard us talk about how silly we think the Matador is. Um, he, mm-hmm. he literally is a Matador. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know who Matador is, a Matador is somebody who does bullfighting mm-hmm. and holds the red, I guess it's a cape or a red blanket. It's a cape, yeah. And, um, you know, moves it out of the way when the bull runs through. And he yeah. even dresses like a Matador, and he was a Matador in his previous life before going to crime. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Cobra, who is a really, like... There's a creep. He's just a creep <laughs> who just looks looks so weird, and he bends... His power is he can bend his body all weird like, <laughs> so it's hard to contain him, and yeah. he can get into little openings, mm-hmm. and uh, he also at one point made himself very slippery, mm-hmm. so Daredevil couldn't hold on to him. Yeah. So obviously, right there, Cobra's going to win <laughs> because yeah. because Matador, I don't think, I mean, he doesn't have the brains to be creative enough to stop him. And and honestly, I really feel like the only thing he could do is take his cape and throw it on top of him. But I but then I feel like when he goes to start punching Cobra inside the cape that Cobra's going to be able to, you know, somehow yeah. slick through because of his slipperiness yeah. and then suffocate Matador yeah. and kill him. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably choke him to death. He, he does have a, a dart gun, but I can't remember if that's in... The, I think that's quite... I think that's still in the 70s. He has the, yeah. the zap thing. Yeah. Um, do you know what I think? I think you're right. I think Cobra would definitely win, uh-huh. uh, just because the Matador is ridiculous. Um, I think this one would probably go on for the longest fight <laughs> out of all of them. I think this would just go on and on and on, um, because Cobra is also a little cowardly. Um, one of the things about him is that he's a little reluctant to put himself if in. he doesn't have hide with him, especially. Yeah. yeah. So he would probably drag on, and Matador would have his sword and cape around and. And I think people would watch for a little while mm-hmm. and then just kind of get a little like weirded out and bored. <laughs> and just leave. <laughs> just leave. <laughs> and eventually he'd like you said, he'll choke him. Um, who was it that, who was it that killed uh the Matador? It like, was Manbull. Manbull, that's mm-hmm. right. Just threw him in the like yeah, killed him and just threw him charged in the water. Into the water yeah. And they both drowned, except uh, the Manbull came back. Um so yeah, Cobra. All right. Yeah. Next round is uh, another couple of creepy guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, they're not creepy. They're sinister. I yeah. would say uh, Stilt Man versus the Beetle. Mm-hmm. They both have the most interesting costumes. Yeah, they do. They both have. Uh, the, both of them have been kind of uh, uh, misrepresented as kind of absurd characters, mm-hmm. um, but. Stiltman is incredibly sinister when mm-hmm. done right, and Colin Drew was a really creepy looking guy. He always felt like he was. I love the one that Chris Claremont wrote. Yeah, mm-hmm. of Stiltman, mm-hmm. it was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Beetle, 
I mean, even Daredevil doesn't take him seriously as a, as yeah, a villain. Yeah, at, at one point, he, he he purposely put Foggy and Karen in danger when they were going to that expo yeah, and they were on a train. <laughs> and, and he used them as kind of bait. Yeah. And if Daredevil's going to use his best friends as as bait, mm-hmm. he knows how easy he's going to be able to actually take yeah. down Beetle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and all you have to do is kind of just push him and he kind of falls and can't control himself. One thing I like about this particular battle is both of these guys are pretty much nothing without their costumes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. One of them is a not too uh, bad mouth scientist, but one of them is just a scientist. That, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean in the sense that he doesn't seem to have any skill sets outside of his brain. He isn't trained in combat. He isn't trained in, in fighting. He isn't trained in weapons. He just has his brain and this suit. And the beetle is just like a creepy guy with a mustache that just is weird. Yeah, that has these weird tentacle things <laughs> yeah. that can stick on stuff. And yeah. The one thing I think that, that that swung it for me, and I was kind of surprised that I went with this guy, um, is I picked the beetle because he has slightly more maneuverability. But it's not okay. much, but only slightly enough. And I think... Um, like I said, the Matador and Cobra would be the longest fight. I think this would be the clumsiest <laughs> and probably the shortest of the, the fights. The shortest of the yeah. fights. I think this one would, would end with both of them kind of falling over. Um, but the beetle would get up quicker. Get up quicker? Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did this one last of the ones we're covering today because I actually chose Stiltman. Yay! So we have a different <laughs> one. So our brackets are not completely matched. Yeah, there you go. And um, just not to... Get, not to take too much time with it, but the reason I chose Stiltman mm-hmm. was because Stiltman can go up real fast and down really fast with those yeah. hydraulic yeah, legs. Yeah, well, so fast. And um, how do you kill most bugs? You step on them. <laughs> and I figure Stiltman <laughs> is so tall, I figure we get to the point to where he would make himself so big, uh-huh. um, Stiltman would, and he would step on the beetle and smash yeah. him. Oh, that's interesting. I think if he, if Stiltman had a helicopter, he could hold on to the bottom of the helicopter <laughs> and then fire the legs down to stamp on him. But, there um, you go. But yeah, that's uh, that's the all end right. of our first round. Yeah, that's all we're going to cover today. That's yeah. the 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 first round of our of our villain round. beatdown. So we, we did it, guys. We got to the second round, yeah, which we will go over before our yeah. next podcast. Yeah, let us know how you did in the um, comments or on the twitters. Yeah, and 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 also let us know uh, who's doing better between me and Jamie. So obviously yeah. it's a little tough with this round. Let us round know who you like more. We're, we're, no, <laughs> wait, no. Uh, <laughs> um, Okay, we're going to cover a few uh, issues. Yeah, we're we, sticking Daredevil only. Yeah, for this one. we um, got four of them. Four of them. Three that I really liked and one that was just kind <laughs> of okay. And I'm not trying to diss anybody on the creative team. No. But it was just, I bet you with this issue, we're doing 162 through mm-hmm. 165. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like 162, um, which was, uh, they brought in uh, new people for this one. Yeah. They got Michael, uh, it was. Uh, Fleischer or yeah. Fle- mm-hmm. Flesher to, 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 who wrote the script. Yeah. And then um, Steve Ditko did the art, which he is kind of cool seeing Steve Ditko come back. Yeah, he hasn't been on a Daredevil book since issue one. Oh, there you go. he did some backgrounds. Yeah. And some oh, of the oh, other characters. But he drew Daredevil and Spider-Man. He right? did. Uh, or uh, Avengers uh, or, or something. He drew him and the, the, the uh, when he went to the Circus <laughs> of Crime issue. Oh yeah, or the the mat the big top the mat hat whatever he's right. That was the first that was the first time that Daredevil appeared in Spider Man. Yeah, I think it's the only time they teamed up when he was still in the old duds as well, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. So, anyways, um, like I was saying, so nothing to go against the creative team, but this issue was so absurd, and really, I mean, we'll go over it, but I feel like 
when looking back, the editors and stuff, when they figure out stuff that they kind of wish would not be thrown into continuity, mm-hmm. they might put this in there because this is this has a re it's not a retelling of the origin, but it kind of uh, you know Daredevil ends up something happens to Daredevil yeah. and and then they end up uh, mirroring what sort of happened when he was younger mm-hmm. and he would have been gone for like a couple of weeks. That's the wild thing about and, this story. And, and nobody, like, and... No one mentions no it No one ever. mentions it ever again, and no. because he, he gets amnesia, and and, and uh, no one mentions him being gone. They don't mention where he's staying during any of this. No. And, and he gets to a point where he, he gets really big and really popular mm-hmm. in this alternate life that he's living for yeah. these couple of weeks. I figure somebody would see that. Somebody would notice. Somebody who knew Matt would be able to recognize him. Yeah, um, it, it's it's kind of a, a, a weird deal, but you'll see why once we yeah. once we start talking about um, it. The previous issue uh, had the blurb that the next issue was going to be uh, was going to feature the Hulk, and there was a delay. So what happened was that this was used as a fill-in issue. Um, Daredevil still at the uh, once every two months stage, so there was. Uh, some, something happened that slowed down production, and right. they had to bring this one. And this is like a standalone issue, a standalone story, um, and it it is it's January nineteen eighty. This is exactly the point where we, like yeah. you said, um, and you mentioned the creative team. I, I did a little reading on uh, Michael Flesher. Fleischer. Fleischer. Yeah. Um, one one interesting thing about him was um, uh, what is the guy's name? There's a uh, famous. See, I should have made notes. I didn't get much sleep last night. So, uh, there was a famous um, um, Arlen Ellison, uh, who's a writer, uh, made a comment about him saying that the guy writes um, these fantastic psychosis-driven, insane stories, and what you get with him is you get these incredibly insane stories. And and he he used insanity as a positive, as a selling point for him. But Michael Fleischer, at some stage, said that he was losing work because the implication was that he was genuinely insane and he wasn't getting hired. Really? So he sued. Yeah. He sued for, I guess, defamation or something. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was that was, <laughs> it was kind of a weird story. And I was like, oh, okay, that's uh, something I didn't know. <laughs> um, but uh, he, he was involved in the Spectre a lot oh. over in D.C. and I think Jonah Hex stories. Um I think this is the only Daredevil issue he ever got near and the only, I don't know how much more Marvel stuff he did, but um, Steve Ditko had been away from Marvel for a while um, up until this this point he'd been doing, and then he'd been doing a few issues of other stuff here and there. But um, this issue is like a weird fever dream. This is like, it, it exists completely separate of everything that's happened. It has a weird retelling of the origin and a, a kind it's like of a parallel reenactment yeah, of the origin yeah. the, where, where matt is playing the role of his father yeah and if it had come out and if it had been like a backup story in an annual or something like that it would have been fun but it's it comes so hot on the heels of all this uh, other story stuff that's been building in the main series and uh-huh. and, and things that um that uh, mckenzie and and now miller have been introducing and setting up that it just feels so jarring to have it happen. And like you, you mentioned, there's like such a delay. What happens is that um, there's a beautiful sequence at the beginning, which is pure Silver Age comic stuff, which mm-hmm. is uh, two scientists are in a lab right in the heart of Manhattan. 
uh, working on. Uh, they they give it a name. I can't remember what the name is. It's a. Uh, it, it, it's some machine. Yeah, that, it's a a mason a, a mason mason reactor. reactor. Yeah. Um, and this thing is super radioactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not cooling down. Something something's broken inside the machine that's making it uh, go into um, go into. Uh, Overdrive, you, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so gonna d- yeah, uh, Dare- malfunction. Yeah, and Daredevil shows up. In Daredevil the nick of hears time. them complaining, saying, "Oh my God, we don't have time. Uh, we're gonna if this thing explodes, then Manhattan's gonna explode." Right. And he gets there, and they discuss it for several minutes. Yeah. About <laughs> they, they how do. much time they don't have, and then um, D- Daredevil, Daredevil agrees. He or he goes, "You know what? I'm the only one who can do this because of my this. super senses." Which he yeah. doesn't tell that them yeah. that because they figure no one can go into that room and actually see how to fix it. They have to. Do, I can't remember what it was. They had to do something like that to reattach yeah, two had, coils had, to cool it down. Yeah. So, so, so Daredevil, Daredevil, he enters the the radiation comp- yeah. area of this big machine, and ultimately he is actually able to fix the problem. But yeah, in doing I, so, he ingests or sucks he's in super dose, so much radiation. Yeah. So and much. all the way through, they, they keep saying this guy is going to die because yeah. there's no way he can survive. One cool thing that does happen is that he knows that he can't see stuff, and his senses, his hypersenses, are going crazy because of the radiation, which we've seen in the past. Radiation yeah. can. Um, can can cause his radar to go completely crazy, like um, when he was fighting Captain America. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens is he he gets the blueprints to the reactor. Mm-hmm. A couple more minutes here. Yeah, you know, and uh, fills them out and and memorizes exactly where he needs to go. And he uses his senses to feel where the energy is flowing inside this thing to work out where the coils are going to be that he needs to reattach. And it's funny because. It's not funny. It's actually kind of cool. They, the way that they draw this machine that he's inside stuff, yeah. of, it is so crazy. It's like he's out in outer space, but it looks it's like all he's yellow. In like, and yeah, it looks like he's in the the microverse or something yeah. like that. It's Steve Ditko is great at this kind of mm-hmm. stuff where he he's he's he seems to be floating in like a space that yeah. doesn't exist, and there's all these weird elements. And you know, that Steve Ditko who who created Doctor Strange was just a master at doing this yeah. kind of thing, which is like a reality that isn't real and. Right, and I love it. And there's a moment where he's feeling the floor to find out where he needs to go, and it kind of breaks the 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 scene of this craziness, and you can see the circuitry almost of, uh-huh. the, of the machine that he's feeling. And Daredevil, so he reattaches, reattaches. the coils, and click, he, click. and he leaves, and and, and, the, and everything's the, the, great. Yeah, and the two scientists are like, "Wow, that's awesome! You know, you should go to the hospital yeah. to check out because you really you might be dead." Yeah, you got a lot of radiation. <laughs> Daredevil's like, "Nah, I'm fine. I just need some fresh air." Yeah, and he goes outside. It's a little stuffy in here. He goes outside, and he actually passes out. Mm-hmm. And then when he for eight hours for eight hours, mm-hmm. and then luckily no uh, homeless people came up to him. <laughs> no one kicks uh, him. Or... Yeah, or stole his suit. But he uh, he wakes up and he has amnesia. Yeah. Now, before he passed out, he changed back into. Oh yeah, we should say that. Yeah, Yeah, he changed back into his skivvies, and then he's got amnesia, and he finds himself uh, in a situation where uh, there's a robbery happening. Yeah, and he has no ID. He has no idea who he is. Right. He just feels that he's got a cane. Uh huh. He realizes that at some level he's blind, but he's not really because he can sense everything. So he has all of his powers, but he just doesn't (coughs) understand why he has them. And 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 this robbery is happening. Right. So he sees this robbery and he's able to. He hears a gunshot, which sounds super super loud. loud. Mm -hmm. And and he's able to break up the robbery and fight incredibly well. And he's like, how do I know how to do this type of fighting? And and he thinks, I must be a cop. Yeah. (laughs) And it just so happens at that moment, there's somebody that is watching this fight Mm -hmm. inside of a limo that happens to have a pet leopard the people who masterminded the crime are yeah, watching yeah which is uh, it's a little absurd because they're just you know 
let's see how this robbery goes from right. where the robbery is happening. Yeah. It's not. This the, is a filler issue. We can't expect too much. Yeah, but no, it's but, got it's got a good pace to it. Yeah. But it's it's actually it, it moves pretty quickly. But the the words tell us that it's over a very long period. Yeah, of time, so. and so uh, this this guy. Let me see if I could find his name. It uh, what was he's, his name? He's I, great. I he's I fantastic. His uh, name is Mr. Heil. Yeah, Mr. Heil, and he's Leopard Ramona. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he's got a, he's got a driver, and they're watching this whole yeah. thing. And he goes, you know what? That good Samaritan over there. I need him. Yeah, I need him. He's a great fighter. So this other job that he has is. He's looking for prize fighters. Yeah, he's a he's a fight. Uh, he's a fixer. Fixer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so he enlists Matt, and he says, yeah. "Hey, you." He need gets to out and says, "Hey, you scared of my leopard?" And, yeah, and Matt says, "No, <laughs> not, not really. Yeah. I've met many leopards. <laughs> yeah, many leopards. <laughs> even though he doesn't remember." <laughs> um, so he jo- he decides to join up, and he ends up boxing. And, and yeah. there's a great moment where they walk into a gym, and uh, he goes, uh, "What was his name again?" Uh, Mr. Mr. Heil? Yeah, Mr. Heil goes, um, go change into an outfit, and uh, we're, we're going to put you right in to see how yeah, you fight against this guy. Yeah, to see how you fight against the and, sparring And partner. Daredevil goes, you know what, maybe I was a fighter because how good I am at fighting with yeah. this. Doesn't mention anything about the blindness or the fact that he had a cane. Mm-hmm. And when he's taking off his clothes, he notices that he has a Daredevil, the superhero suit yeah. underneath him, which I thought was a cool little touch because I thought this would be a perfect instance where they would just forget about that. And it would yeah. be a little... But he actually notices, and he goes, huh, was I in the circus or something? Yeah. I'm wearing this spandex suit. What is this? Was I a wrestler? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is weird. So he he takes that off. He gets into, you know, he stores it in a locker in a locker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes and fights and does exceptionally well. And then, as you can imagine, kind of paralleling the origin of, Dare- of Daredevil yeah. with, with his father, he ends up working for Mr. Heil and ends as a up boxer, as a boxer mm-hmm. and does fight after fight and beats these guys and beats Over these guys several weeks. weeks yeah. And uh, memory is still gone. And then yeah. we get to the point, just like his father with the fixer, Matt's supposed to lose. Yeah, so he's Mr. Heil he has can, to throw a fight. Right. So Mr. Heil can win all this money. And Matt's like, I'm not going to lose. Mm-hmm. And then um, what was it that made him snap out of it? Uh, he has the fight. He wins the fight. Uh-huh. And then uh, the guy that's been, um, uh, I guess, training him, uh, Toomey, is that his name? Um um, I'll look for it. He um, he he basically like ushers him away and says, "Look, it's great. Oh, it's that, pudgy, pudgy, pudgy. Yeah, yeah. He says it's great that you did that. It's really cool that you won that fight. But now Mr. Hull's going to kill you because he's a fight fixer and you lost him a lot of money. And all of this is all the while uh, Matt's thinking, this seems really familiar. This seems really really familiar. Where did I know this from? And then." It clicks, and mm-hmm. he, he remembers. And he goes back to the locker, gets turns his out da- the lights. Yeah, gets his Daredevil costume, gets his costume back on. on. Uh, Mr. Howe and Ramona get up there, and they say, okay, I'm going to send the leopard in to kill him. Uh, he lets the leopard into the, the dressing room, and um, Daredevil's in there, and he senses the leopard's movements. And there's, it's kind of a nice moment where he, he mentions how, how agile and how soft the leopard moves and how he can just about feel, can just about sense like the, the poor falls as it's moving mm-hmm. around. And the leopard kind of starts to stalk him in the dark. Uh, it's only a couple of pages, but it's, it's like the nicest bit of it where it's in the dark and the leopard mm-hmm. kind of jumps up onto a, onto the top of the lockers and tries to drop drop down and grab him from behind. But then he grabs him by the tail and swings the leopard around a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, throws the leopard at Mr. Mm-hmm. Heil. And then um, th- this was possibly the most bizarre 
part of the story. When Mr. Ohio's like, you know what? Mr. Ohio was like, I'm a, I'm I, a I'm, badass. I, I'm fighting, and he, yeah. and he pulls these, or he, he has shoots. Two, he has two knives, that are two daggers that fire out of his sleeves, sleeves. grabs them, and yeah. tries to cut Matt a couple of times, and then fires the tip of the, one of the, not the, not the actual blade, blade, but just the tip, the of, tip the of the blade, blade. <laughs> at Matt. And Matt's like, well, that's weird, yeah. and dodges, a uh, daredevil at this stage, dodges. Um, and he, he ends up stabbing Ramona. He absolutely, yeah, he, he kills Morona, yeah. Ramona. Uh-huh. Well, it implies that he kills Ramona, but in Ramona's last act and lashing out in pain and confusion at this, this, this betrayal, uh-huh. uh, slashes Mr. Hyle and uh, takes him out. And right. it implies that they both die in this kind of uh, yeah. tragic love collapse of of pain and and violence that they existed in and then matt's like you know what he's he's like all right it's time time to go back to my life yeah and that's why i mentioned probably thinks i should take a shower and (laughs) and i feel like this is why editors never want (laughs) this in continuity because he was gone for so long weeks they say they say weeks and and weeks and and weeks he did so many fights you figure with audiences people would have noticed i mean there's this there's recovery time in boxing you can't just go match to match they have if you're fighting you have to have a recovery time so and I know he's got and super recovery. Before we move on to the next issue, we should also mention that um, we forgot that Pudgy actually sacrifices himself. He does. He takes a bullet. He takes a bullet uh, yeah. when the bullet goes after, or when what's it, they're trying to kill Mr. him. Matt. tries yeah. to kill. Yeah, and so, he takes the bullet, so he dies too. So there's just this this gym somewhere in the Marvel universe full of dead bodies and <laughs> a leopard. Um, that they never mention again. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then we move on to. To 163, which, we do. which thankfully brings back Frank Miller. This has one of my favorite covers of, of oh, the it's, it's, it's this, so good. When I was a kid, I got uh, completely out of continuity. I got this issue. I think a friend, um, actually it wasn't a friend. It was a guy at school that is, was the furthest thing from a friend. He was kind of a bully, weird guy. But he lent me this issue. Um, and you never gave it back. I, I did give it back, oh. but he, uh, for some reason, he threatened to punch me in the face but not because of anything to do with the comic book it was just he was an angry person um it's just a brilliant cover and it's actually for sale right now guys if you uh if you really love us on this show then you will cough up the i think it's ninety thousand dollars that it's for sale really i think it's 80 or ninety thousand. um so how does that work then do we have dual ownership if someone buys it for us no it's mine but you can come and look at it um because i because i'm so. going to get the votes when okay. we talk about no. likability um no uh yeah we would share it uh you would have it on uh, on every you would have it on on, w- the, on every third weekend the first two weeks of the month and i would have it on whatever was left over so i would own it for longer in the long one but um it's a beautiful color it is, it's, it is it's basically you have uh, daredevil kind of hunkered down in an alleyway and he's just beat up he's, he's got beat blood up. dripping yeah. from his face and it's super menacing all you can see of the hulk is you can see his hand uh, a bit of uh, his purple pants and um, the shadow in the background mm-hmm. and he, the, the whole point of this issue it's actually a great it's a really good issue i love it it's a really really it. great it's it's it it's kind of Everything is happening, but there's so much breathing room. Yeah. It's it doesn't feel crowded. There's a couple of issues that um, Mackenzie and, and Miller do that feel so crowded later on. They've just got so much story in them, and like the the, the panel count on the pages goes up to ten panels on almost every page, um, especially in the next couple of issues. But this one, it starts with them at a 
a fundraiser for Blake Tower. Right. Um, there's a yeah. bunch of people there. There's all these like little snippets yeah. of conversation. You get a real sense of character and, from everyone. And if you remember, uh, we're at the point now where we've wrapped up the Glen Industries. At least yeah. we think we have. We've wrapped up the Glen Industries part yeah. where Heather's father ends up Heather, killing himself. Heather's like, I don't want anything and, to do with you. Yeah, and it, and it ends up lead, it leads into Heather actually leaving Mad. And when this mm-hmm. issue starts... They're at they're at this party together, this fundraiser, yeah. and Heather shows up and's got a new boy toy on his on her arm. Yeah, so she's Rico. Rico. So it seems he's a, like she's a disco yeah, dancer. That she has completely moved on from Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll say four months have passed. Why not? Because in comic book time, that's well several months because yeah. he's been boxing. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're at the party. Foggy's there. Yeah, everyone's there. This is incredible. There's yeah. uh, J. Jonah Jameson, Judge Coffin, who you remember had a really sinister couple of thought balloons a yeah. few issues ago. You, you've got Tony Stark. Tony Stark is there. Yeah. I think he's deep into the bottle at this stage. I think he's the the very drunk Tony Stark, if I yeah. remember correctly. This is around that time. Uh, J. Jonas Jameson is, of course, complaining about superheroes. and mm-hmm. brand. He just carries around a, a, the latest edition of, <laughs> of the, the Bugle. Bugle to show yeah, people. Like, look what I wrote. He or, yeah, his look hands at my must newspaper. be covered in newsprint yeah. constantly. So so what we find out on these newspapers is, is that the Hulk is, uh, you know, he's on the loose somewhere in Manhattan. Yeah. And like like millions of times in the yeah. past, the authorities are looking for him because they believe he's bad and, and mm-hmm. all, all the damage he's doing and everything. Yeah. And Daredevil, you know, he he sees this or I guess hears this or whatever, and is like, you know what, I need to go find Hulk before the authorities. Yeah, he goes do. out. He goes out on the. But he bumps into Heather. Heather and Rico um, are there, and he kind of shuts down like Matt's want to do. Yeah. And Foggy thinks that he's uh, sad because Heather's mm-hmm. there. And he goes out onto the balcony, but what's happening is that you can actually hear the yeah. Hulk. He can hear so, the Hulk's heartbeat from a great distance. Right, and so he he does this. There's this cool sequence of Frank Miller mm-hmm. dra- drawing him, like yeah. getting from the rooftop down to the ground in his Matt skivvies. He hasn't yeah. changed into uh, his superhero outfit yet, nope. and he's using a flagpole, and he's jumping down, and he's in this tuxedo and disappears on Foggy, and yeah. uh, he knows exactly where the Hulk is, and they get into the alley. And uh, so now it's Daredevil. Sorry, it's now Matt in his tuxedo with his cane and mm-hmm. Hulk in the alley. Yeah. And Matt is literally trying to talk to Hulk down. Yeah. And it's like, listen, you know, you know, you don't have to do this. And um, Hulk remembers him. He's like, hey, Hulk I know him you. He, 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 yeah, he defended, defended him. him. Like mm-hmm. you're that you're that little man. And and uh, you know he t- you know he obviously. Uh, the Hulk is so threatening, so he picks up Matt and, and yeah. you know kind of tosses him a little bit, and he's like, you he "Just says, leave me alone. Yeah, says, I'm, I'm tired of you know you mess you, you know people messing with me. You're not really my friends." And and then he gets to the point where the Hulk actually picks up a piece of concrete or something, some brick. He, he breaks out a wall, a piece of a wall, wall, and lifts it up, and he holds it over Matt, and he's like, "Hey, um, I'm gonna smash you." And, and Matt stands his ground, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Look, I'm here to help." And Hulk realizes. This puny little human is not afraid of me, and he's really trying to help. So then he drops it. He says, kinda, "He says you got to help me find Banner." He mentions yeah. Banner, and he says, "Hulk hates Banner. Right? You, you're going to help me find him." And yeah, there's a moment where it, it's kind of nice where where Matt and this happened before. He had that incredibly calming effect where they first encountered each other, and ha- as Matt. He kept the Hulk pretty calm. Yeah. He calmed him down and said, "Look, I'm here to help you. You, I, I'm not asking you to trust me. Mm-hmm. I know that you have a real tough time with all of this, but 
I can help you. I can really, I, uh, violence isn't going to get you anything. Right. Let me help you. Let me do all of the, the thinking and talking because you don't want to think. Let me do all of that for you and you just be the Hulk. And he keeps him calm enough that uh, once Hulk finally gets calm, that's when he's able to transition back yeah. into Bruce Banner. Yeah. And he, at that point, he just passes out, which is kind of the normal thing that yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. And it turns out Matt actually takes... Um, Bruce Banner back to his his yeah pad. he just carries him obviously yeah uh, apparently just yeah hugs him up and takes and him takes, takes him, him there home and gives gets him into bed mm-hmm. um, gets him a cup of tea and and this is this is the interesting part so you know so uh, Bruce Banner wakes up you know Matt's explained to him like yeah. I brought you here you know everything's fine you know like you know we're you know everything is good if you need any help let me know and just sort of sends him on his way yeah he, he there's, there's one thing that he does which I which I found weird was he he gives him a lot of coffee which yeah. you think would be a bad <laughs> idea I hope yeah, it's don't decaf. give him the jitters don't give yeah. him the jitters um, but yeah he, he basically says look I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna turn you into the authorities that's the worst thing that can happen right now he even he says he says have you considered going to the authorities? And um, Bruce Banner starts getting really angry and anxious, and he says, mm-hmm. okay, I can see that's affecting you. I've got to keep you calm. I can hear your heart rate. Let's just get you out of Manhattan. This is yeah. a bad place for you to be because they're, they're, you want to get away. You want to get yeah. away. And he says, I want to just go out to the desert. So, of course. So he know, just says, here's a bunch of money. Yeah, he gives him a whole bunch of money. and, and Some clothes. And he goes and buys. purple pants. He gets on the subway. And... and th- Hulk should never be in the subway. No. I mean, obviously, the subway is so uncomfortable, and there's people that are very pushy and everything. Mm-hmm. And and as you can expect, what's going to happen is what happens. Yeah. While he's on the subway trying to get out of town, people are shoving and pushing him. The music's loud. The music's loud. And Someone he, has a cigar and stubs yeah. it out on his arm. And, and uh, so he turns into the Hulk, and there's a great sequence. I love the way Frank Miller drew the Hulk mm-hmm. in, in this issue. It mm-hmm. is so good. There's a yeah. great sequence where after he changes, where Hulk just literally jumps through the subway and through like several sheets of asphalt, you yeah. know, different layers, all the way up into the air. You know how the Hulk can jump supposedly two miles in one yeah. leap? Well, his jump didn't come from a flat surface. He still jumps really, really high by going through a whole bunch of things, and the momentum is still with him yeah. and still jumps super, super far after breaking through all that asphalt yeah. and the top of the subway. It's a great image. Yeah. And um, Matt, meanwhile, is in a cab, and the cab's held up because <laughs> there is a great panel after after the jumps happen, you have a panel where Matt is like, I've got to get out of here. I can sense something. I can hear the heart rate. I can hear people afraid. Um, it's the Hulk. The Hulk is in New York. I've got to get out and help him. And he gets out of the cab and you see a car just flying mm-hmm. by way off in the distance. And and then so uh, Matt does the change. He does the change. And I just want to say, like, this fight, this whole fight scene mm-hmm. is one of my all time favorite Daredevil fights yeah. in any book ever it is so good it is literally daredevil versus the hulk now obviously daredevil is trying to during the fight trying to explain to the hulk you don't have to be like this everything's okay the hulk's not listening and if you think about it if you put daredevil against the hulk in battle the hulk will win 100 percent of the time there is no way unless daredevil has some type of like thing that can tranquilize him or anything which he doesn't have there's no way daredevil can ever beat the Hulk, but the Hulk, but Daredevil's trying so hard, yeah, and he's not giving up because he realizes this is the only chance I have. So more people don't die, you know. Like yeah. obviously, the Hulk is so big he can smash a building and people mm-hmm. inside could die. He's like, I need to try, and he literally tries so hard and gets the crud beat out of him. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's he's almost he's almost getting him to calm down a little bit and saying, "Look, what do you need? Let me help you get what you need." And the, uh, a policeman opens fire and shoots him in the back of the head, and the Hulk thinks that Daredevil's in on it and sort of says, "You were just distracting me so that guy could do that." And he's like, "No, no, that's not why we're here." And he basically is just. It must be the equivalent of just like tagging the Hulk. He's like kicking him, punching him, hitting yeah. him with the billy club, and it's just tap, tap, tap. And the Hulk is like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, and the, and then the whole and then at that point, uh, Daredevil's like, "I need something else to take him down." Yeah. So he literally steals a bus. Yeah, and Blind Matt or yeah. Blind Daredevil drives the bus towards the Hulk. Yeah, after the, after he's been thrown on a rooftop by the Hulk, he's yeah, just like get away. And, from and it's me. funny because you know you've seen the sequence several times, like with the thing in 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 uh, the Fantastic Four movies, how they stand there and the bus hits him. Yeah, and then it just kind of shrivels the bus. Mm-hmm. The Hulk literally drop kicks the bus. Yeah, he kicks the bus <laughs> and smashes it like a what are those things called a, a, a uh, Constantina? Yeah. And oh man, it is so. Daredevil goes flying out the window, and then the Hulk is just smashing just down smashing the bus. Them. And Daredevil is, and, and and at this point, there's there's the video, the news is there, they're yeah. seeing it all. Yeah. So Heather runs down, and there's he, a little aside here. This is oh, it. this is yeah. Um, Heather Heather suddenly runs mm-hmm. out, and the police are like, "Hey, lady, get back!" And she says very quietly, "Matt, Matt, yeah." And, and who, happens who happens to be, to be right, right there? there? Our be, our friend Ben Urich. Ben Urich is we right love Ben Urich on the show, and he says, "Wait a second. Yeah, did I just this, hear that right? Isn't Heather uh, Matt's yeah. old squeeze? Um, so did she just say?" Matt. Right. So Daredevil somehow gets up and starts to karate chop and do flips yeah, and this try is, to this beat is a beautiful the page because it's that it's that great thing of the multiple. It's basically showing how agile and quick Daredevil has to move to not be hit by the Hulk. And he's basically just jumping around saying, "Look, you've got to. We, I will help you. We're fine, Banner. Please just stop. You don't want to do this. You're going to destroy New York. It's not going to solve anything. They're going to send people to try and hurt you. All that's going to happen is more people are going to get hurt. Please." And the Hulk just smacks him. And what's cool is is that we get to the point that we already saw earlier in this issue where the Hulk, but this is with Matt Murdock, the Hulk yeah. takes a piece of a building, mm-hmm. picks it up, and is going to drop it on Daredevil. And he realizes, and at that, here's the thing. The Hulk is standing there. He may be stupid, but he still has some brains in there. Yeah. And he's holding this piece of building up above Daredevil, mm-hmm. and Daredevil's like, you have to trust me. And then it's going to pass out. And Daredevil and uh, Hulk looks at him confused. I don't know who to trust is yeah. what he's thinking, even though he doesn't say that. And then just like before, he throws the piece of building and then he gets out of there yeah. and jumps away. And it's great because at that point, Daredevil just passes out on yeah. the ground and the authorities show up and like, hurry up. We got to get the we got to get the EMT. We, you know, we got to yeah, get everybody, for a medic everyone down here. And that's how the issue ends with a cool little epilogue with yeah. Ben Yurik talking about how, you know, like I, I've written my story. I know that Matt Murdock is Daredevil now. I've got the confirmation. But I just want to say, like, this shows how strong willed daredevil is yeah of all the superheroes remember obviously he's got some superpowers if you want to call him that with his radar senses super hearing mm-hmm. you know those are things that he uses that normal people don't have but daredevil is just a man fighting he's yeah. like batman but without the gadgets and the money and it and and i guess without the brains too but it's just whoa, whoa, whoa. well <laughs> without those type of brains but i mean like this this fight is a fight of the ages yeah one of the best fights across any comic medium Ever. And mm-hmm. I really hi- highly recommend, me and Jimmy both, hi- highly recommend that you read this issue. Yeah. It's on the Marvel Unlimited app. It is so insanely good. And then buy us the $90,000 cover. Yeah. That's all mm-hmm. you have to do. That's all Super we easy. ask. 
<laughs> in fact, if if you could tell all your friends, if you could get 90,000 people, people to listen to this and just chip in a dollar, <laughs> we'd be grateful. Um, it, it's great. And and the, the, like the real, like you said, there's a couple of denouements. There's the, the uh, Ben is with Doris, uh, Ulrich, who becomes a character in her own right in the series. And she's like, Ben, it's late. Will you come to bed? And he's thinking, I, I will. I'm just finishing up this story. And we see that he has put two and two together finally and is is now actually putting in words that that Matt is Daredevil. But just before that moment, the Hulk, when the Hulk leaves, he's so racked with pain. That's the beautiful thing. And one of the things I that I wasn't aware, I don't know if I, I I'm I've read later issues of the the Hulk. I've read early issues of the Hulk, but I've never really followed a long run except for uh, Peter David's run. Um and the they make a real point of talking about how much pain the Hulk mm-hmm. is in. Everything is painful to him. Mm-hmm. Thinking is painful. Being the Hulk is painful. It's just constant pain. It's like anger and pain constantly. When he turns into Banner, it's painful. When Banner turns into the Hulk, it's painful. And the whole thing is like this tragic character who exists. Mm-hmm. And when he's leaving, he's so confused and almost guilt-ridden by someone who he probably now sees as a friend yeah. who is now hurt and has been trying to help him and he can't understand it and he's leaving and he just looks horribly sad and horribly yeah. beaten up and it's just like and they, they make a point of like it, he says that the look on his face is as though he's lost mm-hmm. has lost his only friend and it's kind of this nice moment where it's like the, they've, they've established that, that the Hulk and right. Matt and Dede will have this connection where there is an understanding there and it mm-hmm. is like a, an incredible calmness that Matt tries to bring to it and an understanding that he probably doesn't have from a lot of people and uh, to, to see him so beat it, up by that is, is really great. It is so good. So good, so good. Yeah. And w- when we eventually get to issue 200, I'm sure Jamie and I will do a fun little thing as yeah. well where we talk about our favorite mm-hmm. issues and stuff and favorite moments from issues 101 through 200. Yeah. And I guarantee you this is definitely going to be uh, a finalist for our favorite issue. Yeah. Because it is so good. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so many that are good, but like... I just love the fight. Yeah, they they yeah. juggle all the storylines really well and all the yeah. character stuff. Everyone and, sounds and like themselves. And here's the thing. I mean, at, the story's pretty simple, which I really think helps us one out mm-hmm. because not very like like Jamie mentioned at the beginning, not very much actually happens in this issue. Yeah. So that way they can take their time with the battle and with Daredevil, you know, trying to calm the Hulk down on two different occasions. Yeah. It's it's really really good. Love yeah. It. All right, so now we are moving on to 164. 164. And uh, this one is, um, and, we're, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but we have another origin mm-hmm. retelling. And Jamie, yeah. you mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, how it seems like they just keep retelling the origin over and over yeah. and over again. Obviously, the comic book's coming out every two months. Yeah. They really want to bring people in. They they finally, my guess is, I don't know what the sales numbers are, are have how they've turned now that Frank Miller's been on board for a mm-hmm. while and Mackenzie, but mm-hmm. I feel like they're really trying to, attract new people and what better way than to throw in a new origin story exactly this retelling of this the is, origin yeah this is, is a retelling my, yeah it is my favorite it's obviously the same but they do add a couple of cool changes yeah. which i like but this is my favorite retelling even more than the one that gene colon did back in the day yeah because um they do it over a clever way of of matt and ben you talking together and it's, it's it's just it's done so well yeah all across the board. Yeah, this is like the first first real round of tidying up the origin and updating yeah. it slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, past retellings, the, the, I think we've both said on, in, on the show, the origin is so simple and so clean mm-hmm. and so perfect that it, it's one of those like Spider-Mans where it doesn't need retelling. It doesn't need 
uh, rehashing um, because it's there. It's simple. He does this. This happens. He becomes this. That happens, and and you get and, to Daredevil. And, and what's and what's cool is is this issue opens up, and the first two pages. Yeah. Uh, before we get into any of the retelling, what it is is we've got. All a whole bunch of people coming and visiting. We've got the Avengers, the Defenders. We've got the uh, not the Defenders actually. Sorry, we, they're not the Fantastic the, Four and, and the, the Heroes for Hire. Heroes for they're, they're not mm-hmm. in the Defenders yet, but yeah. so we've got three groups of people you coming have, you and have visiting. Like this reduction as well, which is kind yeah. of nice. Over a, New, over a couple of panels, you basically have all the heroes coming in and saying, "Look, is there if there anything that we can do?" And yeah. Black Widow is, is the there the constant. Whole, yeah, she's there the whole time. Yeah. Man, it's got to be tough having all these women loving you. I know, right? All these women love Matt. Let us know. But, what that's but like. there's also newspaper headlines that are talking about how Daredevil is getting better, better, and better. Daredevil is, is basically and still, he's, he's pretty much comatose at this but, point. But let me say this. How awesome is this, Jamie? How awesome is it that in 99% of comics, the next issue, when mm. it starts a new story, they're completely fine from what happened before. Yeah. All their injuries are healed. Yeah. We don't get a sense of time, but we do get a sense of time passing. We don't know how long this is, but it's definitely... A while. And he's in a coma. He's yeah. and then he wakes up and he's in a hospital. That's how much the Hulk pounded him down. Yeah, and and Black Widow, like we said, Black Widow's there, and the she's she's so happy and and Matt is super happy to see her. He's so pleased that she's back. We One, remember that they've had this moment in in the last few issues where they've kind of not reignited their relationship, but they have definitely realized that mm-hmm. like Matt has said, "I need someone who understands who I am because I keep right. having these encounters with women." that lead to them either finding out who I am or me telling them who I am and them reacting badly to that. Yeah. And Natasha's the only one who gets me. I do want to point out, uh, first off, it was awesome that, you know, they got a Frank Miller, I'm sure had fun drawing all the all yeah. the characters too, but I thought it was kind of cool that the Heroes for Hire, Luke Cage and... Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah, Danny Rand, Iron Fist. I like those guys a lot. Yeah. And we have not read anything with Daredevil and those two yet. No, I don't and, think we and have. And we have covered, we believe, every appearance of Daredevil yeah. so far in the first two decades. Yeah, in fact, and it is in the next few that he, they become yeah. um, they become friends. So I thought it was kind of neat that uh, we actually that they go to his his uh, yeah. bedside and we've never seen them together. They were before. just passing. They were, yeah. <laughs> they were in the hospital for someone else. And I no. went, oh, what's in yeah. there? Oh, it's that guy. Okay. Um, so uh, we we are the the last newspaper clipping says that Daredevil is going to leave the hospital tomorrow. He's mm-hmm. awake now. He's he's smack or he's uh, smooching with Black Widow. And and at that point, uh, our favorite reporter, the, uh, the daring, the, the uh, resilient, the the Ben Urich, Ben Urich, the Wonder Man who comes in, and they actually yeah. describe him as being like just an average reporter at this stage. That is, yeah. And he, he enters, and the nurses are trying to stop him. And and mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny because Daredevil sees him come in, and and even Black Widow's like, "You need to leave, sir." And then and then Daredevil's like, "No, it's okay. I know Ben Yurik. He yeah. can come we go in. way back. We can go in." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they they get the room together. They so do. Black Little Black Widow leaves, and the um, the nurse leaves, and then the bottom of page uh, three mm-hmm. is is such an iconic moment that I, that you see all the time and is referenced a lot. Uh, ben Yurick is is he's there to tell him, okay, I've written this amazing story, and I'm just going to let you know that I'm going to put it out. Yeah. And the story is is about Daredevil's origin, and it all starts with you, Matt Murdock. And Matt's like, what are you talking about? I'm not Daredevil. Yeah. And how, Jamie, I'll let you say that. How does Ben Yurick prove that Matt is actually? 
Daredevil. It's, it's genius. kind of it's kind of genius, and it's kind of amazingly simple. Mm-hmm. He says, "Okay, fine, prove it." I'm holding in my hand a photograph. What is it a photograph of? <laughs> and there is five panels of Daredevil of him basically going, this is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I'm not blind. What are you talking about? Wait, uh, no, <laughs> there's no way. I mean, and in the last one, he's like, okay, fine. It's right, true. It's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. But you know, it has to be so refreshing for mm-hmm. Matt because obviously pretty much the only people that know yeah. that Daredevil and Matt are the same person are villains or love interests. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And Ivan. But that's pretty much it. Can't forget about I- who's, Ivan. Who's probably a love interest with him at this <laughs> stage. But, but uh, other than that, so this is the first, I'm, I'm going to say friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That actually knows that they're one and the same. Yes. And that has to be kind of refreshing for him because it's yeah. a horrible burden to have. I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but it's, it's, it's a terrible <laughs> burden to have, you know? Yeah. And the, the, so... The, the picture that he's holding up as well is of Jack Murdoch. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, what, do you, what can you tell me about this guy? And then we go into, Matt basically is like, I'm going to tell this guy everything. And it's probably the first time he's actually told someone every aspect of the origin. Yeah. So we get the flashback. We get, we get uh, Jack Murdoch talking to the young Matt Murdoch saying, you know, promise me that you're going to try harder. I always said to your mom when she paused before she died, so there's a little gap there that is like this is the, I think this is. Do you think he knew at that point that they were going to make her still alive and be a nun? I don't think they did. I don't. I think, think so. that came. I think that idea came later. But, but it's they, kind of funny that you just pointed that out. Yeah. though. I didn't think about that. But it is. I I can't remember if this is the first time that it shows Jack saying that the mum died, because in oh, the past it's uh, always been kind of she, like maybe she left. Yeah, it's always been kind of washed over, and it's implied well, he, that he says like I pr- I promised your mother, and yeah. if somebody says I promised your mother, usually that means they're dead. I would yeah. think more so than they left. I hope not, because I've I've often said I promised <laughs> your mother that, um, I wouldn't want to kill anyone. I wouldn't want that power. Um, but yeah. anyway, here you have you have the thing of Matt, the young Matt, saying, "I promise I'm going to study hard." And you see him going through life, and the kids bullying him, calling him, starting to call him the daredevil because he's obviously scared of the dark because he's never allowed out to play because he's studying. He's got to ace those tests. You get him. You, you see him going through his you know, young childhood. And uh, and he's so frustrated at one point um, in the apartment that him and his dad share. There's a, uh, a speedball that he practices boxing on and Matt punches it in frustration. It says, I hate this. I hate being, them thinking I'm a coward. And he gives it a pretty good wallop and knocks the thing off. And he's like, hang on a second. Now, I don't, I, I promise my dad <laughs> I won't get into fights, but I should probably be ready just in case. Right. I'm going to start training every day as well. So he starts training and he starts lifting weights and punching the bag and getting very athletic but he's still studying and then uh, we move into like a beauty this is this this is there's a couple of elements that they add to the fixer story yes they're so good yeah um one of the one of the big ones is you get to see slade really becomes a, a big character in it who was the guy who actually killed jack if you remember correct yeah um and slade is very antagonistic towards uh, jack he's He's walking along with uh, Ko, who you remember from the Fogwell's Gym story. That they're going to knock down Fogwell's Gym. Um, he's walking along with Ko, and Ko saying, "Look, you don't want to get involved with this guy." And Jack is saying, "I need to. I haven't had any fights for ages. I've got to. I've got to. I promised Matt I would get him through school. I've got to make some money somehow. This is the only way I can do it. I owe it to him. I've got to make sure he can finish college." So he goes to Fixer and says, "Look, I, I want to fight for you." And 
Slade. I think it's at first it's Slade saying, you had your chance 10 years ago. You blew it. We don't want you around. And Fixer says, hang on, let's not rush in. Jackie boy, we could use you. We, we, have, a, we have an opening for a possible heavyweight. Um, here, here's a, here's a contract that I have lying around. Oh, I love this man. And he says, I, I want you to sign it. And then what he does is he holds the contract over and just as Jack's about to grab the contract, oh, he drops, he drops it, it to the floor. Drops it to the floor. And then puts his foot on puts it. Puts his foot on it. And makes says, him sign it when he's on the ground. Sign it down there. Get down on your hands oh and knees. Oh, my God. It is such a cool, yeah. cool moment. And it's perfect for the, for the fixer and yeah. for, for these guys just because it just shows you know they're not afraid to let the their their not custom, not their um, the people that work for them know we're the boss. Yeah, this is a perfect example of them saying you're going to do what we tell you to do. Yeah. I'm making you sign this on the ground. You are mine. You're mine. I own you. And it's done in silence as well, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. There is no dialogue during this exchange except for him saying not so fast, and it's just four panels that show how beaten down murdoch is mm-hmm. by this and how controlled he is mm-hmm. which of course makes the, the 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 next part of the story even more tragic right um we cut to the van which throughout the different retellings has been either Th- this is like the stock industries yeah, or some and, other and industry this is or like acme a, chemicals this is the biggest it's like a tank almost type of truck yeah, it becomes a military uh, yeah. vehicle at this point and it's being driven through new york by the military um, and they're talking about it being an, an atomic, atomic bomb. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and one of them says, well, it's actually just the contents of, uh, an, of an atomic, atomic bomb. Oh, that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's cool. That That's yeah. always safe to drive. And, I feel, and I feel like, because um, obviously we all know what happens. Uh, yeah. it, it, it loses control, swerves, and, and Matt jumps in front and saves yeah. a blind man from being hit by the truck. But I feel like this version of Matt just seems older than has happened in the past. Yeah. He's almost, he's almost into college at this stage yeah so i feel like they kind of updated his origin and made yeah. him i always thought he was like 12 or yeah 14. me too yeah so that was the i think the biggest change comes mm-hmm. at th- this point and yeah, obviously we see the driver has a heart attack that's also a new thing in the past yeah. it's always just been i've lost control but in this one the driver has some kind of cardiac yeah. or, uh, incident um so uh, frank miller does a great job of of showing that the, yeah. the vehicle losing control and, and this and th- there is one other change in this okay. which is something that frank miller has as uh is has talked about in in a couple of interviews which is he never felt comfortable with the idea of the canister hitting matt in the face mm-hmm. he always said that if that had happened it would have taken his head off and he would be dead instantly just from the momentum of something that heavy or right. that big hitting him so what actually happens is that the the truck crashes and one of the soldiers throws the canister to the ground um he's uh, he, he says uh, this canister got to get it away from the flames or it will blow he throws it away from the the truck which is on fire and the canister breaks as it hits the ground near Matt and the rod, um, whatever it is, no, the rod just rolls near him and he looks at it. Oh, well, it has, it, I, it guess, kind of, I guess it's just a heavy glow. Yeah, the glow of it, he says it was like looking into a sun. The, the only thing that I dislike about that is so many other people would have been able to see it. Yeah, there is an implication and, that it's like, and that means other people could have potentially gotten yeah. it. The, Although the, the, it could, it could have also have exploded, like you say. In his I think face. it did explode a little bit because stuff's going to have to get into his eyes in order for these powers to yeah. happen. I think. Yeah. Um, but he, he says it's the last thing he ever saw, and then and then we get the you know we get the common thing where uh, Jack Murdoch is at the bedside of him and he's in mm-hmm. the hospital saying, "I failed you. I'm going to yeah. work really hard." So and then he's in college everything. with Foggy. Yeah, and and man, I really like Frank Miller how how he finally made Foggy Foggy. Because Foggy was not Foggy for a long time, but no. now Foggy is so Foggy. Yeah. Um, and He's that, just kind of yeah. a goofy, lovable and, character. And and they talk about the different things that have been mentioned His before powers. about how you know how he can tell how many um, 
grains of salt around a pretzel yeah. and being able to smell perfumes, hear heartbeats, touch newspaper print and read it, um, his radar sense and everything. And then we get a nice little cut back to Daredevil just sitting on the windowsill, drinking coffee, talking to Ben yeah. Urich because he's telling Ben this whole story. Yeah, and Ben says, uh, well, how did that lead to Matt becoming Daredevil? He mm-hmm. says, well, hang on, buddy, I'm talking. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll yeah, get to that. yeah l- l- let me finish the yeah, story. Well, come on, Benny. Come on, <laughs> this is a dramatic pause. Um, and then we get we get to see, this is a kind of nice touch where we get to see uh, Jack Murdoch making his way towards a title fight. Um, what actually happens is we see it at first he upsets in a fight and then he knocks out someone and then he becomes the middle-aged sensation, has 10 straight fights in a row where he wins and he's in the gym working out and that's when uh, the fixer comes in and Slade and says, uh, you know, it's been pretty tough. You've done a really good job. You've made it look easy. Um, in fact, it's been a little too easy and uh, we're going to make it nice and easy for you. You're going to lose your next fight. Right. And uh, Jack says, no way, I'm not going to do that. And Slade says, you are or you're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing interesting about this is when the fight happens, there's no mention of of Matt um, going to the fight and seeing it. And mm-hmm. it, it, it no, it's, uh, the what pa- happens is that Foggy says, should we go? He says uh, the, the fight's happening, and I oh. heard that if he wins this fight, he has a, a, yeah. a shot at a title. Should okay. we go and watch it? And he says, I wouldn't miss it for Right, so he does miss it, but I'm sorry. Uh, but when they show the fight, we don't see that, no. that Matt... Oh, we do see that Matt's We see that Matt's it. there, That's but what right. happens yeah. is we have this little moment where they're, they're having a fight, and, and Jack's actually being beaten, and the guy is talking to him and saying, like, you're, you're a loser, you're nothing, you've always been a loser... Um, and he knocks him down and he gets to the four count and while he's down on his knees um, the fixer's close by gosh it's so cool the fixer's there and he says that's right <laughs> yeah. that, you stay right there yeah. and then we notice behind the fixer we see Matt deep yeah. in the, the audience yeah. we see Matt and Matt so, can uh, hear what's going on I can't believe I forgot that that is so yeah. cool Matt, Matt can hear it and you see on his face that he's hearing what's going on yeah. this conversation where he says that's right you, you fix this fight just like we fix this fight just like we fixed all the others, and it, you're there's stay a great down. moment when when Jack tells the fixer that I'm not afraid of you, yeah. And then he comes up, and and this the best part about this, like if you think of a redemption story or or the underdog succeeding, all the previous fights while he's been under fixer mm-hmm. were probably rigged. Mm-hmm. They probably were, so he didn't actually win. Yeah. So the one that he actually does win, yeah, is the one that's not rigged, which really shows how he has, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it's an awesome moment, you know. He he's cr- he's crowned the victor, you know. The the he's, he's, they hold yeah. up his arm, he and, this and one's he for won. You, and then automatically they kind of rush through this part, which I thought was a little strange. Yeah. Uh, he's walking outside, gets shot, and then two panels later, uh, Matt shows up, and they've already covered up the body. Yeah. And then we automatically cut straight to uh, Matt going back to the gym and, and talking to uh, Ko. Yeah, yeah. And just there's, tra- a, there's a, there, there is a nice little moment in that that quick. Uh, it's uh, four or five panels where you have the celebration of this one's for you, Matt, and then it shows him walking away and he's shot in the back by Slade, mm-hmm. who says, this one's for you, you bum. And that's but it's just, uh, they rushed through it so quickly, yeah. I thought. Yeah. And is basically saying, they're saying, look, I know you're hurting. I know this is tough, um, but you can't do anything. These guys are killers. Yeah. These guys are really dangerous. <laughs> and that's like, Matt's like, oh, wait, you just wait, buddy. Yeah. I- I'm going to do something. And and it's fun because now, we, we, you know, just like how issue one started out, uh, there's that little poker game happening yeah, while they're waiting for the fi- gym, they yeah, the poker game. while they're waiting for the fixture to show up, uh-huh. and Daredevil shows up and he's in his classic costume, which he's is great, yellow and red, uh, and and it's awesome. And he takes him down and he's yeah. like, and he says, "You let them know." Oh no! Uh, 
Oh, okay, this is what it is. And it's cool because it's different. Um, so uh, Fixer shows up with Sloan, mm-hmm. and um, after Matt Slade. Oh, sorry, with Slade. He shows up with Slade, and uh, after uh, Matt takes down the goons, Matt goes out on the gym, mm-hmm. and he's just waiting in the boxing ring with gloves on, with gloves on saying, mm-hmm. you you know, get up here, I'm going to pound you. Yeah. And so Slade goes up there, and Daredevil beats the crud out of him, and the fixer sees this and is like, uh-oh, I got to get out of here, and he runs. And I, I just, I, it was just a cool little moment. It's great. It's a little heavy on the, the devil wordplay um like someone says what the devil and uh and, and he says it's time to pay the devil he's due yeah apart from that i was like yeah this it I'm, is I'm so for this. cool he's standing there with the the the, the, the yeah. light directly above him so he's lit in the ring and he just says he says he actually calls sweeney out sweeney is the fixer and he says uh, come on up it's time to pay for what you did yeah and slade says it's time for you to shut up yeah, so, uh, so that's so he fights Slade up he there. He fights but, Slade, takes this, him out, and and the fixture notices this, and and, and he runs. He's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And Daredevil beats up Slade, and then and Slade's like, No, 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 please, more, like, leave me alone. Yeah. And then we don't see how that ends, so we'll just assume he that just, he let he, him go. He says, Don't hit me anymore, and he gives him a good smack, and then yeah, and then and, we cut and to leave. Sweeney running, and, and they and cut out the the, 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 the trash, trash can, can. Yeah. yeah, which was interesting. But here's the thing: I love the trash can using to trip him, but. If you're going to cut one thing out to add that boxing scene with Slade, I say go for it. Um, <laughs> even though I do miss the, the trash can. So Slade, as we know um, from issue one, has, has a heart attack. And before it, and right when Daredevil, because he's chasing him down, right when he gets over to uh, to uh, the fixer, to Sweeney, uh, Sweeney ends up having a heart attack and dies. And Daredevil says over the dead body, uh, this one's for you, Dad. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really kind of... Whoa, mm-hmm. that's neat, and that's the ending of the retelling. And we have yeah. one last page now, where um, Daredevil is talking to Ben Urich, and 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 he goes, "So that's my story. You know the complete thing now. Yeah. What are you gonna do?" And Ben's like, "After hearing that, I know I can't tell this story, even though it would would have set my career in motion. It would have made me like a super popular, you know, high." High scale, yeah. you know, made a Pulitzer. Yeah, it would have been amazing, but he realizes that Daredevil needs to be Daredevil, and if I tell this story, his life will literally be ruined. And yeah. and so he burns it and, and puts it in a. He burns it with his cigar that I can, you know you could smoke in hospital rooms back then. Yeah. So he burns it. Ben and, Ben Uric could he could smoke everywhere. Anywhere, yeah, he's Ben, yeah. and he throws it in the trash can, and uh, and he leaves, and he goes, "This one's for you, Matt." Yeah, which is the same thing that Matt said to his dad. Yeah, and. The issue is great. I mean, the yeah. the last two have been amazing, but if I'm going to recommend to somebody who doesn't know much about Daredevil, maybe only somebody who's seen the TV show, mm-hmm. um, I would say if you're going to read off of everything that we covered so far, if you want to find out Daredevil's origin, mm-hmm. I would have them read this issue mm-hmm. as a standalone to see if it's something that they're into because it is written so well yeah. and it does such a good retelling. And honestly... After reading this, you don't have to read issue one because you don't miss out on anything. No, it's exactly in there. Yeah. And and Ben Ulrich is such a great character to have be involved in the in the story. And and it's kind of wild because uh, you know I, I always have this storyline in in mind as being a Frank Miller storyline, and he's his artwork is very much you know he's still at that stage where he's putting everything into the artwork, and it's not he's not writing as well as as doing the artwork so everything's there mm-hmm. um later on of course he starts getting busy with the writing stuff and and klaus jansen starts to pick up yeah doing more of the, the artwork duty um it's really a, a great roger mckenzie 
story. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that it's it's really well told. The last two issues have shown, in my mind, what a great writer he was and and how good he is when he doesn't. Yeah. He, he he's very noir. Mm-hmm. He's very it's, everything's dripping in noir. And he's it, very good at that. It's curious to see how much Frank Miller actually would have, or it would have been neat to see how much he was involved in the writing in that mm-hmm. issue because we're going to jump into the next issue, which is issue 165. And which is the first one where he, he gets a he credit. Get, yeah, he gets credit as, as co-plotting. Yeah. Um, which, uh, that's why I'm curious if in the last issue, if he started to kind of yeah, he put his, say, Hang his on. mark on things. Saying, yeah, because you know, there are I'm, things in there that you think of as being Frank Miller, but it's right. very, that was, that, that's, it's still Roger McKenzie is listed as the writer. Right. You have a little bonus, bonus, uh, bonus, bonus pinup in the, a special bonus pinup of a unpublished version of the cover to Daredevil 164, which is weird because uh, it's the story from 160. Two, so yeah. uh, unused cover, unused cover, and it's you know, I guess they just kind of said, "Have you got anything for us, Frank? Uh, have you got the issue yet?" And he said, "No, but here's a picture of a leopard." I wonder if they had, s- no, they wouldn't have even started the issue because it wouldn't have even matter. It wouldn't have never been written if they no, were that on one time. was just pure filling. That yeah. one was just, I mean, the, the, it's even the, the credits even say the Hulk yeah. is in the next one, so that one is nothing. That that's just the that's just right. its own thing. We are going to uh, get la- into the arms. Yeah, this is the this last one we're going to cover. This, yeah, uh, the podcast. last one we're doing this this podcast. Yeah. Um, this is a super dense issue. Yeah, this is yeah. like so much is going on. I was I was just rereading it before uh, Joshua came over to record this, and I barely made it like four pages in where I was like, "There's so much going on." There is, and, and we'll kind of try to sum it up quicker than we did the yeah. last one for you. And like, it's Jim, great art. Yeah, it is. It is great art. Um, um, and the, the whole idea is is anytime Turk's involved, I love it. Yeah. But so the, the whole idea is is that Daredevil is looking for information um, for who was he trying to, to track? There down? is it was, a um, there is some adamantium has been stolen. Yeah. And there, or there's plans to steal a shipment of adamantium which is coming in, and he finds out that it's. But going there was to a Glenn specific age. person I thought he was trying. Well, anyways, he, he's following this guy who is like w- this is one of my favorite characters, and I wish they would bring him back into the story more often. Joseph Wall-Eyed Pike. Okay, yeah. He's just the, the biggest yeah. loser. Uh, he's a fantastic wall-eyed character that Frank Miller yeah. does a great job drawing, who's just he's just a loser hanging out in pool bars. Yeah. And um, and there's this great sequence where he's about to take a shot. The the pool hall is in darkness except for the light down. <laughs> and it's completely... And, and Daredevil's hand just comes, comes out of the shadow and, and he puts a single it, yeah. finger on the whiteboard yeah. to stop it in place. And they're like, oh, come on. Who is this wise yeah. guy? And... And he we, he does his usual thing of like kicking. It, does it say this is in Josie's bar? Does it start with it? In yes, jo- it, it is, is Josie's bar. In yeah. Josie's bar. Yeah. So uh, Daredevil is thing of kicking a few fingers. We don't see the the window smash in this issue. That comes later. That's right. Uh, but Walleye uh, makes a break for it, and he's not very bright. He runs to the people that are the brains behind the the thing, and they mention the Glen in- Industries adamantium shipment. And Daredevil basically wanted him to get away so he could follow him because yeah. he knew that he wasn't very bright. And it takes it straight to Glenn Industries, which is strange to Daredevil because, hey, what the heck? You know, we got that whole situation covered yeah, up a few issues ago. On, Why guys. are we going back there? And it turns out that Heather was not invited to this secret meeting. Now yeah. she is. She is now the what do you call? She's not the chairman. She, she's uh, the, she's she the is, acting CEO. Is she's the acting she's CEO. The, yeah, I think so, she even says she is the. Uh, does she say she, she's the CEO? I'm she, not she, sure, but she's uh, on the board of, yeah. uh, uh, of some sort. And um, so she shows up and she goes, what's this meeting that's going on? Yeah, and there's these real shady businessmen yeah. guys. There's one guy that's like, 
we're taking care of business, yeah. honey. Don't yeah. worry. Don't worry, doll. It's all don't right. Don't worry. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even going to mention the person who's going to buy one of our businesses. Yeah, to, yeah. But, but it will help us out because we're in the red. Yeah. And Daredevil turns up. We have a great little sequence where it flashes back to explain um, why... Why Heather is is because remember she's got a new boy toy at this point. Yeah, Rico. Why, Rico. Rico. Why Heather is upset and uh, so when Matt shows up, uh, she just kind of freaks out and starts punching him and, yeah, and everything. She breaks and, down and cr- because and Daredevil is saying, you know, there's some criminal stuff happening right now, and Glenn's yeah. and Heather's like, just leave it alone. Like everything's fine. Yeah. But she she realizes later, you know what? I should have listened to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do my own little. She has uh, a little snooping, in, snooping in the dark. around. <laughs> so she snoops company. to try to find information. Yeah. Just um, before we see her snooping, we see. Oh yeah, we're, we uh, we get introduced to another great character, which is. Uh, Foggy's tuxedo. Tuxedo. Okay, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, he's getting married soon, so he's, he's got his tuxedo, which yeah. looks like the something the jester would wear. It looks wear. like the jester. Yeah. It looks like they they basically went to the jester and um, said, "Can we borrow your this, costume?" I'm this gonna... was at the ever changing location of the storefront. Yeah, the storefront um, looks completely different e- uh, every time. There's stairs into the storefront, which yeah. is weird because, of course, <laughs> Becky uh, is should have access to it. Right. Um, um, so anyway, so we're back in, and Heather is is trying to find information yeah. about Matt's this. angry. We should mention yeah, Matt's, Matt. Matt keeps snapping because yeah. he's doing a little research as well. So Heather's looking in the dark to, to try to find information about this cell, this cell. That, like, that's who happening. Is this and while this, while she's doing her investi- mm-hmm. investigative reporting here, or whatever, she ends up getting sucked up by these four metallic arms, these tentacle-looking arms, these yeah. kind of weird metallic arms. Yeah, that wonder grab who they her. could be. Mm. So she gets uh, taken, and so we then go to Matt's apartment. Matt's where hanging out with, with Black uh, Widow. Black Widow is just lounging, lounging. in a nice green dress. Yeah. Um, and Rico, Rico phones up. Yeah, Rico. He, he phones hey, up and he I says, haven't seen Heather in a while. He says, I was going to go dancing. Yeah. She didn't turn up. I'm kind of sick and tired of waiting for this broad. Yeah. Um, does he say broad? He says something. He says something. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he does and, say broad. And this moment is a, this is a perfect example of how too much is going on in this issue. Because as soon as Matt gets that phone call, she's yeah. like, he's like, oh, no, Heather's in trouble. I got to go find her. And Black Widow's like, so you still have feelings for her, don't you? And Matt's like, yeah, I do. And Black Widow's like, okay, cool. And then that's pretty much how, how yeah. it is. And then he This is one page and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven panels. Yeah. The previous it, page had ten panels. The previous yeah. one had eleven panels. It is <laughs> so much stuff going on. Um so Daredevil, uh, he goes and uh, uh Another to the Jersey one, two, Wharf. Six panels. It's nice and it's a bit more breathing room. He goes to the Jersey Wharf that's that's clouded, it's shrouded in yeah. fog. And, it's uh, a, it's supposed to be where this 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 antimantium deal is happening yeah. that he found out about. He beats up the goons, and while he's beating them up, we then get a cool double page kind of splash that ends up happening, yeah. where we get the first appearance of Daredevil in Daredevil of yeah. Doctor Octopus, yeah. the first time we've seen him other than the cover of this and issue. And his first his first line is classic villain. It's uh, fools, fools cretins. <laughs> the antimantium belongs to me. Um, so he beats up Daredevil, and it, this is a great moment. This shows how strong Dr. Octopus is. Yeah. He literally, after it hits him... He just picks him up. He picks him up <laughs> and throws him into the water yeah. and, and keeps him down in the water until he suffocates to death. Yeah. That is a villain who knows what he wants. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to waste time with trying to, you know, I'm just going to kill him right away. He just says, you're a nuisance. If, you're if, all nuisances. Yeah, if, more, if more people be like this, more superheroes w- yeah. would, be, would be dying more quickly. There is a, in that, in that big spread where um, Doc Ock hits him, 
Daredevil says what pretty much I think everyone is saying at this point, which is Dr. Octopus. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Daredevil is so underwater yeah, he's, he's, uh, and, and he, figures, he figures the only chance I have of survival is if I pretend to black out yeah. and hope that he lets me go. So with me giving me enough time to uh, to swim to the top to breathe. And that's exactly what happens. He slows down his heart rate to make the uh, Doc Ock believe that he's dead. And then Dr. Octopus leaves. And then that's when Matt yeah. ends up. He's on the water for three minutes. Yeah. And then he goes up uh, to the surface and there's police officers there and they help him up. Yeah. And um, at first they think he's dead, but they realize he's awake. And then Daredevil all like, you know, wishy-washy or, or beat up starts to run down the dock. To yeah. He's got to go figure out what's going on. And he knows the place to go is Glenn Industries. So we cut to Glenn Industries and we see that Dr. Octopus is indeed there. And what is happening is he's going to use this the antimentium that they just stole on the shipment to build four antimentium um, arms. He's going to, to he's going to redo his arms to, to replace get his arms. Could you imagine if his arms were made out of antimentium? How much stronger that would make him? It'd be they'd be indestructible. Yeah, it'd be so cool. If only there was. Uh Someone Somebody that could, could stop him. Yeah. And that's when Daredevil swings in and starts doing, you know, his typical... He mentions that, that one of his arms broke recently in a, in a Spider-Man story, which you right. mentioned. And that's why he's he's got this hankering for stronger, for adamantium uh, uh, arms. So he's like, okay, so uh, that's my story. And he's, it, while he's telling this story, he has a, a nice delicate... One of the arms comes in and stirs a cup of tea for him while he's yeah. telling the story. <laughs> so he says, uh, uh, so so you see, dear, I've got to have these arms because one of them broke recently and I can't have that because I keep fighting Spider-Man. Um, then the lights go out. And that's when Daredevil shows up and he does a couple of kicks, a couple punches. Um, meanwhile, Heather is still tied yeah. up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daredevil fights him and uh, ends up getting pinned against a wall. Yeah. And Heather, uh, she breaks three sh- free. She's able to cut her ropes free, and yeah. and literally takes a piece of glass. Yeah, Thank you, Daredevil, for running, jumping through a window. Takes a piece of glass and jabs Doctor Octopus right in the face. Yep. And that action causes uh, Daredevil to break free, and he goes, "My best chance is to go stand in front of this high voltage uh, danger, 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 high voltage, <laughs> uh, com- you know, contraption that's built yep. on the wall." And he uses his billy club and swings. Um, he fires uh, it around the Doc Ock's neck, neck and gets his attention so that the arms swing out backwards without him yeah. looking. And they hit the high voltage line and he basically gets zapped. And he and he gets electrocuted and Daredevil And Daredevil was thinking, maybe I'll let you die, but nah, I yeah, can't. You're yeah, a Spider-Man you're villain. A Spider-Man I only kill my enemies. <laughs> um, but it's a great moment where uh, Daredevil goes down to Heather and they're going to kiss and... And Heather's like, I was so wrong. I'm sorry. I need you. Daredevil's like, I need you. And then Black Widow just happens to be swinging by. She's like, I was going to check just to make sure, just to make sure that, everyone's Dare- okay. that everyone's okay. And that Daredevil, oh, you know what? I was right. Matt does love Heather. I guess that means it's time for me to leave again. And we see a little newspaper yeah. clipping <laughs> where Black Widow ends up leaving. Black so, Widow leaves New York. Nothing to Matt, keep me here, says Natasha Ramanoff. Matt needs to decide what woman he wants. He's got so many eligible or so many ladies that are willing to, uh, to be with him. Mm-hmm. Obviously he should choose black widow for obvious reasons, but it's like, apparently Heather means a lot to him because he literally, this is black widow. We're talking about Jamie. He literally is dumping black widow to be with, with Heather again. Yeah. I think that's a bad choice, but anyways, that's just my, my decision. That's there. your choice. That's his choice. And yeah. we, we find, we learn later on that, it, it, you know, he, there, there are more women 
to come into my uh, spoiler life. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but they were all, uh, they, yeah. Matt, Matt is a... Uh, you know what we should do? We should do a ranking of, 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 of Matt's relationships, which one we felt were the strongest, healthiest relationships, which ones were the Healthy worst. Healthy is feelings. a real push as well. That's a real struggle. <laughs> when we start getting into like typhoid Mary territory, it's like, that's not healthy there, Matt. All right. Well, there we go, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, uh, remember, next uh, podcast, we're going to do round two of round our two of the brackets our, of our villain beatdown. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cover March a, Madness in April. Yeah. We're going to cover a couple more awesome Frank Miller uh, Daredevil stories. We are. And we're going to cover a four issue arc in The Defenders, uh, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, in but it, which the Hulk. We, we learn a lot about the Hulk's diet in those four issues. We do, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, boy, here it comes. Um, once again, you know, you can find us all over the internet. We're we everywhere. 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 Um, yeah. Th- JJDDD.com uh, is the website. Uh, yeah, we're on Twitter, Twitter uh, Facebook. JJDDD um, Podcast. Yeah. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can leave us a rating. Send yeah. us questions. Let us know how your brackets are doing. Yeah. And just... You know, thanks for listening. We, you know, we do get some feedback, and we appreciate we all really the appreciate feedback. It. We yes, really do. You. Thank you so much. All right, and until next time, I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie, and, and we, we just, just did Daredevil. Daredevil.